listener production. G'day and welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. I'm Sasha Barbagat. Living in Australia, it's almost impossible to fathom being confronted with a wall of police and having to go through metal detectors on a night out to the movies. We don't have people shooting up cinemas here or walking around with guns tucked into their bags or waistbands. But that was exactly the experience of people who attended the premiere of the new doco, One Four Against All Odds, at Sydney's South by Southwest Festival last month. So, why the heavy police presence? Enter drill rap artist One Four. Yeah, I grew up in Mad, I grew up in Mad. That's home in a break. That's home in a break. We are war with the cops like cracks, like this ain't home in a way. I didn't go around all those beaches, no, but I still got bros at the back. This group of boys from the tough streets of Mount Druid in Western Sydney thought they'd found a way out of a life of violent crime and postcode wars through their music. After discovering they had some talent at a local community centre recording studio, the group started dropping tracks online and they burst onto the international drill scene in 2019 with their song The Message. A genre that had started in the streets of the US and UK had finally made it down under and these boys were changing the way Aussie hip-hop and indeed Australia itself was being seen on the world stage. It wasn't long though before the police started taking notice of 1-4, Their lyrics, typical of the drill genre, are harsh and describe in pretty graphic detail the violence and brutality these boys had grown up around. What follows is a campaign by the New South Wales Police Organised Crime Task Force, known as Strike Force Raptor, to shut down live shows and activities of 1-4 amid fears they were inciting hatred and violence in Sydney's bitter postcode wars. The doco's on Netflix and it is excellent. And it poses the question, is this the Australia we want to live in? A country where police can shut down art, which in reality is what their music is. Well, to find out how the boys are going and to try to answer that question, I'm joined now by One Four's manager, Rick Simmons-Juntuck. First off, Rick, can you tell us about the response to the movie? It debuted on Netflix last week. It's going gangbusters. How are the boys feeling about it? Yeah, they're loving it. I think it's the first time that people have been able to really see who they are, um, apart from being controversial and being artists. Uh, I think it's brought a very human side. Look, we have to talk about the police conflict. The doco goes into a lot of detail about their troubles with the police. Uh, Strike Force Raptor, you know, putting pressure on all these venues in other states as well to shut down shows. There's the voice message from one cop who's saying that he won't stop until they stop making music. Another one uses the term lawfully harass. What is the alternative for these boys if they're not making music? Look, the reality is that anyone coming out of jail is going to find it very, very difficult to reintegrate into society. And that's just reintegrate into society, like yet alone be successful, yet alone be able to provide for big families. Like Samoan people come from big families and there is a responsibility for men to be able to provide and be providers for those families. You know, like there, there is an opportunity for them to do something way beyond what's expected of them through music. Without that, who knows? Like, I don't want to say that they're going to go back to a life of crime. They're, they're much more mature than that. However, this is a massive opportunity for them. Why would you want to take it away from them? Mm. There is a lot of support for One Four in their battle with the cops. But I did also read quite a bit of criticism online. Yes, I finished watching the doco and I jumped on Reddit and I just kind of wanted to see 
what the general public was thinking. And you really do see two sides of the coin. You see the side of people who go, they're just making art, they just want to make their music and the cops won't leave them alone. But then you get the other side, people saying, you know, they're criminals. A number of them have been in jail for pretty violent assaults. Their lyrics talk about some pretty rough stuff. We talk about their art being shut down, but I do think there is a legitimate concern that their music could inflame these postcode wars that plague Sydney and potentially incite young kids from the area. Do the boys see that and understand that or do they think it's a stupid argument? It's great that there's finally conversation around this. I think it's important that we don't stop at the symptoms, that we look towards the root of the problem. What is the source of of these problems? Is it a lack of leadership within our communities? Is it a lack of opportunity? Is it we need a better, better education system that helps kids find themselves and their potential earlier? I would say that rather than throwing money at the police to fix symptoms, why don't we throw money at finding solutions to the problems, the source of the problems? These are all symptoms that we're talking about. Mm, Yeah, and I guess the thing that really struck me watching the documentary was talking about the raids on their houses and, you know, a 14-year-old girl, one of the boys' sisters, is standing there with cops with machine guns and how that would only foster this distrust of the law and of police officers. You know, the approach doesn't seem to be working and it hasn't worked. This isn't a new issue. You know, the 1-4 and what happens with the postcode wars has been going on for a long time and it goes on in other cities around the world as well. Do you think that this approach that the police are taking is just damaging their reputation with people like the boys from 1-4? I think this approach, it shows a few a few. Like a, it, it says a few things, right? It says that we, we don't understand cultural sensitivity very well. Uh, like they don't, as a police force, they're not thinking about whose home they're entering or who, who they're dealing with, like as people, right? Samoan people are very proud people. Uh, they have reverence for, for the leaders of their families, for the leaders of their church and community. They're not a, easy people to like to make fear you like (laughs) they're big people Mm. right but what they do really respond to is care when people care about them right so being an authority it, it comes with responsibility it comes with walking into a community and talking and saying hey we care about your community we're just not here to stand over you and tell you you're bad people and you're doing the wrong things we actually care. We want to see your kids do well. Let, like, let's have a conversation. And, and maybe one of the things that I'll point out is never have the police come to me and said, hey, we see what you're trying to do to change these kids' lives. What's working and what's not working? Let us help. All they said to me was, you're a criminal for helping these guys make music. And I felt like that was the wrong way to, ha- to start a conversation that was constructive and informative. Mm, Absolutely. And look, let's shift that discussion to representation. The documentary explores this idea quite a bit, even mentioning that Islander boys from the area have kind of these three options. It's footy, it's the factory, or it's crime. What does it mean for kids and teens in Western Sydney to see one for out representing their community and their suburbs? Man, that's been the the, the majority of 
the messages that I've been paying attention to so far are the kids who are messaging saying, hey, we, we see ourselves on TV. We're, we're seeing ourselves talked about and represented in this way on a global platform. It gives us so much hope and encouragement. In an economic environment where we're looking down the barrel of AI replacing a lot of jobs, I look at creative jobs as something that could replace the factory jobs we might lose, the the entry-level jobs. Like I was looking at something the other day where there was no one working at McDonald's. There was robots. Those those were my first jobs, like as as a kid. And I look at now like the creative industries offering jobs as like you can get a job as a as as a YouTube uh, as a YouTuber, a content creator. These things didn't exist before, but we need to be starting to encouraging this with our with our younger kids. You know, like there there are real opportunities here. Um, for new types of jobs. And if we're discouraging kids getting into the creative industries, I think we're, we're, we're really missing an opportunity. Mm. What about support from other artists, uh, the Kid Leroy, ASAP Ferg, Dave? What has that meant to the band and their ability to hit this world stage and this world recognition that no real other Aussie hip-hop artists have ever been able to achieve? Yeah, it means a lot when the outside world is... Um, is watching, you know, and, and people of that caliber and status are paying attention and also giving you props and due. I, I hope it gets to, to a day when us in Australia can recognize our own talent first, that it doesn't necessarily have to come from outside. However, getting the cosign from, from Skepta, Dave, from Stormzy, from Kid Leroy, that's a huge step and it does a lot for their confidence. Mm. Look, I don't want to spoil the ending of the documentary, but I will allude to the fact that, like, the fight seems far from over for one four. Do they have the energy to keep pushing so hard to just be allowed to make and perform their music? Like, I hope that comes through in the documentary. I hope people see what these young men are made of. Like, despite the obstacles in front of them, that they continue to push and you don't push that hard when it's for your own selfish reasons. You can only push that hard when it really means, when it's something way bigger than yourself. You know, they do it for a community. They do it for their families. They do it for like their future selves, you know. And one of the things that's really inspired me to keep going is them and how much they're willing to do for each other. Are they working on new music? Can we expect to see something soon? Maybe an EP? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, look, we're working on an album. That's 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 no secret. We're looking to really lock into the studio this summer and and push something out early next year. All right. Well, we'll be watching here at the briefing. I loved the documentary. I I've loved Aussie hip hop for a long time. I had never heard Aussie drill, and I loved my introduction <laughs> to it through the boys from One Four. Thanks for talking to us, Rick, today. And yeah, keep us posted on how the band's going as you guys, you know, move into releasing that new music. You're welcome, and thank you for having me. That was the manager of One for Rick Simonjuntak, talking to me there about the group and their new documentary, which is streaming now on Netflix. That's all for today's extra episode of The Briefing. Thanks for joining us. Tom and the team will be back in your feed tomorrow morning at 6.00.